Welcome, everybody, to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing with me, Thomas Brandon, and my man, Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? Uh, good. Soggy, but good. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it, I feel for you. Um, it's not soggy out here. We've had basically nothing but sunshine for about a month now out here in California. We go from an ice storm last time we did the podcast to supposed to get two to three inches of rain today <laughs> yeah that's just that's just crazy man yeah it's been it's literally it gets down to the last last week and the week before it was down in the 30s at night here um and it would get up to like the the high 50s low 60s and now it's you know the lows are in the 40s and the highs are you know high 60s low 70s i mean it's for us, it's basically, I mean, like spring's already starting to kick off over here. Yeah, it, it, it's turning that way here, which, you know what that means, racing yeah. season, right around the corner. That's right, and that's what we've got a ton to talk about today, because racing is back in full swing. We've got the clash that happened a couple weeks ago. We talked about that in the pod, who our picks were. Um, my pick, Kyle Bush, ended up finishing second to Joey Logano. Uh you know, so that that went pretty well, but we've also got a lot of dirt racing. Dirt car nationals is underway. Volusia, you know, Florida's been popping. Had an amazing uh, race on night number two down there at Volusia. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we got obviously the non-wing sprint cars getting underway, and then this weekend we got Daytona. So we got a ton of stuff to get to. Um, but first off, let's cover the clash, Keith. So we, we were talking about it before we started the pod here. Um, what'd you think of it from what you saw? Um, I was surprised that the racing was actually as good as it was. And another thing that caught me off guard was how durable the bodies of the cars were and how fragile the components were. Yes, that as, was a as, big one. As a race fan slash ex-race car driver, what what really concerns me is Brian Blaney had a, I'd say he kissed the wall just ever so slightly, and it, it bent either a wheel or a control arm. That that would be a concerning part. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll be fixed. Maybe it won't be that way the whole season. I don't know. But outside of that, the racing was really good. Yeah, it was. I was I was really surprised with it. Um, I didn't get to sit and watch the whole thing because obviously, you know, it, you had, it was a lot of, of racing that they had. I mean, they had heat races and last chance qualifiers and all that stuff, but I did get to watch quite a bit of it. The stuff that I missed, I went back and watched the highlights. Um, and I'm with you, man. It was, um, it was some pretty good racing. Like we were talking about a minute ago, I actually enjoyed the heat races and the LCQs. Um, as much if not more than the actual feature i thought that was some really good racing uh you know the the, the last chance qualifiers you know there 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 was some chaos in the in the one race you know that was uh you know everyone trying to trying to get those last spots there for it and i actually really like that because i think that's something the the clash has been missing for quite a while you know when when we were younger and watching nascar right i mean i remember watching nascar when i was a little kid right i mean we're talking late 80s i'm you know i'm six seven years old eight years old watching nascar and i remember it was a big deal you know even as from a little kid all the way through you know 90s and early 2000s being in the clash or the bud shootout or whatever name it's it's had over the years now it's known as the clash 
was a big deal and it was an exclusive event, right? Remember, it, you got in because you got a poll the previous year. That was it. And then as the sponsorship started changing and all this stuff started happening, we saw this huge expansion where literally like you had to, you had to try to not be in the clash. You know what I mean? Like it was basically everybody was in the clash. It wasn't exclusive anymore. And I think that was a really cool aspect that they had with the format that they ran because one, you basically got this big asphalt event, right? A big NASCAR event that you're running like a local dirt track show, which is cool with the heat races and the LCQs. But there's also that that exclusivity where, look, man, you're not guaranteed a spot at the table, right, for the final race. And I think that that increased the the drama to it, right? It obviously made it, you know, much more um, much more uh, pressing in terms of, you know, needing to make a pass and make a move and stuff like that. And so that was one aspect that I really liked. I was glad to see that in the event. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. Um, I feel like that, that format would only suit a non-points race. Yes, absolutely. I I wouldn't want NASCAR to come out and be like, Hey, we're going to try this for a race. That just ain't the way that it, it should be ran. Like when they announced that they were going to do it in the Coliseum, I was like, okay, this this might not work, guys. I just had that that feeling that it was going to turn into a big, you know what show. Yes, and, and that and, and the Clash has always been a staple to Speed Weeks. Absolutely, exclusive to Daytona. It was to kick off Speed Weeks, and and I think that just brought some more excitement to Speed Weeks itself. Mm-hmm. And after watching it, and and the crowd was crazy. Yes, during it the was. whole race. And I think they said like 70% of the ticket holders were new to NASCAR, which is great, which is yes. great for the sport. I'm not taking that away from it. And then after sitting down and watching it, it, it really changed my mind. Like, wow, they, they really pulled that off. And it was actually a really good race. Like the one last chance qualifier <laughs> was full of yellows. But I think that comes with the term of last chance qualifier. Yes, absolutely. You're out. Yep. And you had you had a bunch of guys that were right on the brink of making it that probably shouldn't have made it in the first place if they went by old clash rules. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you had some guys like Kurt Busch, for instance, that probably should have made it and he didn't. Yeah, exactly. It just it 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 had that short track Saturday night feel and I, I liked it. The only thing that I really didn't enjoy, and I think this is me as a race fan. I didn't enjoy all the concerts in between the races and yeah, and like I'm, I'm halfway with you. point. Yeah, I feel I'm like with you. Leave, leave that for the Super Bowl. Yeah, but then let, I, let I, the Super Bowl do that. This is yeah. this this is racing. I've never once seen them stop a race for a concert. Yeah, like at the I'm with you. Point, I don't like at that the halfway either. point. I really would have liked them to go get in a driver's face. Go go talk to him. I want to know how he's feeling about the car halfway through the race, this, that, and the other, not listen to LL Cool J or whoever it was. Yeah. Have a concert. It just, it, it turned me away from it. Like, yeah, I I'm with you. The when they, the concert started. Yeah. But outside I'm with of that, you. it was great. I liked it. Yeah. Next step is, I agree with you on that, man. Next step I'd like them to see is cover the thing in dirt and take the walls down on the infield. <laughs> Let's turn it into a dirt track now. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing something like that. But you know, I I 
now that they've done this successfully, I do think it's going to open up the possibility for other venues. You know what I mean? Whether oh, you know, you've got the, the Coliseum. I mean, you know, maybe you could do it at, you know, if you start looking at just big, you know, football stadiums, right? Like SoFi where they had the Super Bowl, right? Like you could do it something like that there or even, you know, at the Dallas Cowboys stadium, right? Cuz that's it's you're talking about these huge events. So even somewhere like that or where they, you know, maybe somewhere like they run the Gateway Nationals, you know what I mean? Something like that. So I mean, I there's there's different opportunities that I think it will open up. And I think it's it's really interesting it'll be really interesting to see how they move forward now i'm with you on the show aspect of it i get the entertainment of it i really do but to me when they do that stuff it feels like they're trying to be like the super bowl i'm with you and to me that don't do that because it's not football it's not the super bowl it's different it's its own thing and so you know use use the differences to your advantage you know what I mean? Like, I get it. It's a big event and all that stuff like that. But treat it differently than the Super Bowl. Those people who showed up, right, when you talk about 70% of them being new NASCAR fans, right, and you've got this place sold out, you know, however many people it was, um, you know, like those people who are showing up, they're showing up to watch some racing. Yes, they're there for the whole event and the spectacle. And if you want to put on a concert before the event starts, that's fine. But no one's going there being like, God, man, I, I'm hoping – between the LCQ and the heat race, I get to see a rap concert like that. They're not doing that, you know? So, so leave that to football and do something or, different or, or even do a concert before. Yeah. Do that's a, yeah. Do it I'm before. Cool yeah. Just during the race. I want to see, I want to see racing. And like you said, I, you know, go talk to the drivers or something like that. That's always been something that's been really cool about NASCAR is the fact that you can have, in-car cameras and you can actually you know they'll actually talk to a driver you know like daryl waltrip talking to a driver under a caution you know like that was always something really cool now as a driver i would understand why they're like god i hate doing this i'm trying to focus but for us as a fan you know it's great to hear you know when you've got a, a kevin harvick who's like yeah man we're, the car's doing good and it's been good over the long run hopefully we can catch him here and, and when the right like that type of stuff is cool to hear and it, that interaction is unique where you're not going to get that you know that's something that you can do in nascar that you can't do in the nfl right you're not going to run out onto the field during the super bowl and ask Matt Stafford real quick, hey, man, you guys are driving for this game-winning touchdown. What are you guys going to do next, right? Like, you can't do that. You can in NASCAR. So I would like to see them do more of that stuff. But overall, I'm with you. Um, I thought it went really good. I was I was not too happy. I was not too stoked about, about it. Um, I'm with you. I thought, you know, the, the clash is always something that's been synonymous with Daytona and Speed Weeks. Um, I'm somebody who's also, you know, and I can admit this, I'm not always open to change. Um, you know, obviously there some change is good, um, but also some of it can be bad. You know, we've talked about this before with where NASCAR got with, you know, all of a sudden and, something's good, let's do a hundred of it, you know, and it's it's and not I, always a good thing. And I think that comes from just our mentality. We're we're the old school type. It is. It is. And and that's where I really need to adjust. But I also look at it as if it ain't fixed, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But I'm I'm happy that they ventured out, did the clash at a different racetrack, and they opened themselves up to different venues. Because now they can 
they can damn near go to any college football stadium and be like, we can build a racetrack in it. We can put on a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's what they do with the Clash, because I think they signed a deal with the L.A. Coliseum for the next two years, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head. I, but I believe you're right on that. But they prove that they can, they can put them cars anywhere. Yes. Yes, they did. And, and, and uh, who knows? Maybe they'll do a street course race like they tried in iRacing in different venues. I mean, mm-hmm. that'd be cool, too. Yep. It, it's so yeah. hard to tell, though. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, uh, it looks like a three-year deal. So, yeah, they're, they'll go through 2023 at the Coliseum, which is good. You know, a couple more years of it, they'll get to, you know, the, they'll get to learn from the, the stuff that happened this, this year. Obviously, this was the first time. And not only was it the first time ever doing anything like this, they were doing it with a brand new car, right? Like, I mean, it's just, everything's completely foreign territory. So, you know, we'll get to really see the next two two years as they do it again and again, you know, how much they can fine tune it and improve on it. And then, you know, like you said, it, it just opens up a lot of possibilities. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with this moving forward. Um, you know, maybe one day they will put dirt down. I, I To me, though, I've always been of the opinion or the belief that if you want to run a NASCAR dirt race, put them in dirt cars. Like I, I would yeah. rather see that than them running the asphalt cars because those cars are just not that good on dirt they're just not you know what i mean they're just not built for it no and that was one you know that was always a thing that i liked about um the the prelude to the dream that tony stewart ran at eldora was those guys got in late models and were out there racing dirt in a late model like i would rather see them do something like that than put them in their cup cars and run on dirt because like you said they're just not made for it and if you can't do late models Put them in street stocks. Yeah. Run a little slower. They can beat and bang with cars. Yeah. And they're not very, I'm not going to say they're not expensive because anything racing is expensive. Yes, but, but you're not dropping a hundred grand on a late model for one race. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because look what Kyle Busch was doing. He was yeah. going and hanging out with Bloomquist for two weeks, running mm-hmm. his car at different places just to learn the car for yep. one night. Yep. But I feel like if you're going to do a dirt race, no, the the cup cars, the Xfinity cars, and I don't think they've tried them on dirt yet. No, they're the ones they're, that they haven't. They're not built for dirt. They're too heavy for one. The trucks, I, me personally, I like the trucks on dirt. I liked them more when they were at Eldora. But yes. that's my opinion. But I feel like if you're going to run a dirt race with, with NASCAR, do it in a dirt car at least. Yeah. Because I know they, they had... Uh, vision issues at Bristol. Okay, well, that'll alleviate that using a dirt car because you don't have the windshield. You got mm-hmm. an open rear window. It just, I don't know. It, it, maybe that's just me being the old school type. Yeah, it could be me too, but I just, I think it would be cool to see that. So, so yeah, definitely, definitely good. I give, I give NASCAR props to it. They did a good job with it. It turned out well. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens with it going forward. Now we're going to come back to NASCAR because we got more to cover with the Daytona 500 coming up and me and Keith are going to do our NASCAR driver stock game. So I actually had an idea that I, that I came up with. If you guys remember the pod from last year, I did before the, the, the playoff, I, I gave the drivers a stock price just kind of off the top of my head, but we're going to do something a little bit more refined um here in just a bit but before we do that we got to talk about the actual dirt racing that's been going on because 
it has been an incredible start to the season um, with the Outlaws. Uh, the the Sprint cars put on an absolute show down at Volusia um, those three nights. And Donnie Schatz got it, got it started, man, getting the win on night number one. Uh, last season, it took him, what was it, like 30 races? Like it was some... A in, bunch of races. Uh, a long time before he got a win and this season he got it right off the bat in the old school blue and yellow car which was actually really cool to see because i remember when he was driving that paint scheme here at silver dollar back you know 20 years ago when i was in high school so i mean it was really really cool to see that um him get the win on night number one and he was he was fast man he basically just I mean, he was dominant that night uh, he was hands down the car to beat but the one that really stood out was night number two. Now, if you guys have not seen night number two of the outlaws down at Volusia, when the pod's over, go check it out on YouTube. Cause I can promise you, you will not be disappointed. It was one of the best races I've ever seen. And that's no exaggeration. That is not hyperbole. It was absolutely incredible. You had a recar battle up front. Um, with you know brad sweet was there for a little bit it came down to to sheldon hoddenshield and david gravel though and sheldon hoddenshield man just on the top powering around him and he got him by literally you know 0.04 seconds just a couple hundredths of a second um to get the win and it was it was an awesome awesome run man and we were talking about before the pod keep the the track evolution they had had some ungodly amount of rain um, leading up to the event, the track was, you know, the night that that shots won, it was super rough. Um, they were bouncing all over the place. Night number two, it was a little bit better because they had ran it in some, but it was still, you know, it still had some of the bumps and the ruts and everything like that. And those guys were still able to put on just an incredible show to get the season started. Yeah, and and I I didn't really get to keep up with the uh, the wing guys down there and. One thing I did notice on social media, they were all harping about the track condition. So I kind of, I watched when I could mm -hmm. and, and it just sucks that they got that much rain, but yeah, as well, an outsider, I could see where it would, it would be a talking point. Like, ah, oh, the, the racetrack is so rough, but when you get that much rain, there's nothing that you track, can do about it. Oh, it's way out of, it's out of your control. Yeah. At that point, you got what you got, and I think, I think the Outlaws put on a hell of a show for the conditions that they had to uh, had to drive through because it it looked like a cornfield at times, and yeah, and they still managed to put on one hell of a show because I know I watched the highlights of the second night where Heldon, Sheldon won, and uh, I was very very impressed. I didn't think that he was going to pull it off, and. That was probably the best wing race I've ever watched. Yeah, it's one. It's one of the best I've ever watched. I mean, it's it's top. Oh man, I I would I would say probably. I mean, top it's top definitely five top definitely. 10. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's top five for me, man. You know, and it's it's funny because you know uh, you know two of the other best wing races I've ever seen, and those were in person, were with Jack Hoddenshield. You know, we talked about it after I saw him run his last race at the World Finals. And to see Sheldon do something, you know, like that, it was just, it was incredible. And, la you know, last season, when we were getting into the West Coast swing, you know, early on in the pot, I had talked about how I thought Sheldon Hodgenshield could be a dark horse to, to 
challenge Brad Sweet for the championship because they were really firing on all all cylinders. And pretty much since when I said after I said that, um, they kind of hit a, a dry spell and went into a little bit of a slump. But this season, I really think he is one of the cars to beat. You know, if I had to to kind of narrow it down, I would say, you know, obviously I think David Gravel is going to be another one. I think this might be the year for him as well. Um, and you can't obviously count out Brad Sweet neither. I mean, he's won the last three years and, you know, that's just an incredible feat within itself. You know, you're talking about, you know, rare company and being a, a three-time, you know, three-peat champion. So obviously he's someone else to, to consider, but I, my two picks this year are, are Gravel and, and Hoddenshield. I really think those two guys are going to be the, the class of the field this season. And, and I think it's going to be Hoddenshield's year to lose, if that's what you want to say. But I, I, I really feel like it's going to be, it's going to come down to Sheldon Gravel and my dark horse. And it's been my dark horse since the season started last year. Yeah. It is Logan Shuhart. I mean, that, that guy is incredible. Yeah, but he has some I, of the worst luck I've ever seen. Terrible luck. Yeah. Terrible luck. But I tell you what, if I had to pick somebody to drive from the back of the field to the front of the field, I'm I'm always going to bet Logan Shuhart. Yeah. Just because yeah. he does it time and time again. Yep. I feel like if he gets on a good tear, man, these guys could be in trouble. Yeah. No, you're right, man. When we were at the World Finals, he was dominant both nights. Should have won both nights and had problems both nights. The first night, the, the the rear end, I think it was the rear end went out, and the second night he he just one tiny little bobble jumped the cushion, got into the wall, and knocked the rear end out of, rear end out of it again. And, and even when I seen him in person at Bristol this past year, his same way. Me and me and Wade both looked at each other and was like, Logan Shuhart is lying. Yeah, and he's incredible. Unfortunately, new territory, foreign ground, not been there. They didn't put enough fuel in, in the car, and he ran out of fuel, which is very unfortunate, but he was he was flip, he was flying. Yep. Yep. So yeah, he uh we're only three races into the year, so obviously we got we have a long ways to go. I mean, what have they got? Ninety races on the schedule this year. So he's had a, a slower start um to the year. Uh, a couple top tens, obviously no wins, no top fives, but it's early, you know. It, it obviously He's got he's got his tracks that he is he is awesome at and and those are still to come on the schedule. So yeah, I'm with you. I I could definitely see him making a charge. And look, it wouldn't surprise me if Brad Sweet won it again. I mean, he's obviously no, I don't phenomenal. Think but I I yeah, I, I but to me it's just those guys, you know, Gravel, Hoddenshield, Shuhart, those guys have been just knocking on that door and I think this is the year they might kick it down. Um I really do. Cuz I I I would love to see Hoddenshield win a championship, um, you know, that would be just, when you look at the number of outlaw drivers, right, and you're like, man, those guys were awesome, and they win races, and they do all this stuff, and then they don't have a championship, it's just, you know, it sucks for them, you know what I mean, like, it's just, you're just like, god dang it, they never got that over that hump, and so, I think Sheldon Hoddenshield has a chance to pull it off. And I would like to see that because I don't want him to turn out like one of those drivers where you're like, yeah, man, he was awesome and he won races and he did this, but he never got a championship. So, so hopefully he can pull it off this year. Obviously, like I said, we got a long, got a long ways to go with it. 
yeah, unfortunately, it's a, it's a long grueling schedule, and it'll come down to survival, who can survive. Yes. And I feel, I feel like if Sheldon come out hot and stay hot for a while, kind of like how he did last year, but he cooled off quick, yep. almost too quick. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really feel like the two guys that can knock Brad Sweet off, and I hope it happens, not not saying anything against Brad Sweet, but yes, obviously, I would love to see David Gravel pull it off, Shuhart pull it off, um, and Hodden Shield. But I definitely want to see Hodden Shield do it just because of the Hodden Shield name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm with you. It would be uh, it would be really really cool to see. So, but yeah, so yeah, wing cars. I mean, they're off to obviously a. a awesome start um the late models they they got underway too um you know at their or i shouldn't say they're they haven't gotten underway yet they're getting underway tonight is their first race for their outlaws obviously they've been running down there you know it gets kind of confusing with <laughs> you know whether it's a lucas oil race or a dirt car race or a world of outlaws race because there's so much going on down there in florida so late models are going to be kicking off i think the outlaw official outlaw season kicks off tonight for them yeah it looks like it here on the schedule the 17th so but on the usac side of things your your man justin grant has gotten off to a phenomenal start um at Ocala, yeah. he won the first two nights in the midgets, man. Just, just yeah, he was, he, <laughs> just he incredible. Dominated. Yeah, just incredible, man. And um, then his his teammate, unfortunately, has some terrible luck, and it looked like they broke a rear axle the second night, and he just he took a nasty ride. Ah, oh, man, that's such a bummer. Now, I didn't see. You said that the non wings ran at Volusia because I didn't see that. Yes, so the Extreme Outlaw Series kicked their oh, season okay, off. Okay, that's right. The Extreme Outlaw Series last, kicked their season off. Last weekend at Volusia. That's right. And I got to say, it was, it was really good. The racing was really good. I've never, I don't think there's really been too many non-wing races at Volusia. Mm-hmm. But they definitely proved that it should be on the schedule somewhere. Yeah. Whether it be with USAC or Outlaws take the non-wing cars back here next year or whatever. The the racing was really good. Like I told you before we started, I was very concerned about how rough the track would be because rough tracks and non-wing cars, they don't mix too well. Mm-hmm. It, it's doable, but it it's, it's not preferred. It's not preferred in any car. Yeah. But as edgy as an on-wing car is, it's definitely not preferred. And I think the good thing is they had late models and big block modifieds running, so it helped keep the track smooth mm -hmm. or smoother because there were still rough spots in the one and two, and it looked like three. But, man, the, the racing was really good. C.J. Leary completely dominated the second night, and Justin Grant carried all that momentum from Bubba Raceway all the way up to Volusia and showed why he's a full-time USAC slash World of Outlaw slash midget guy. Yeah. He was on a rail in that feature, and he gained three spots, and I, I really thought if there was a couple more laps, C.J. Leary probably would have gotten a tougher battle. Um, he kind of 
ran out in no man's land and heck at one point he had like a five second lead on the field yeah so he he was flying um the unfortunate part of the first night dennis guile um ended up breaking a drive shaft and for those of you that are listening out there that don't know too much about sprint car racing or you do and you've never seen the inside of a car the the drive shaft goes in between the legs of, of the driver. So you got a, a U-joint connected to the crank and then the drive shaft in between your legs and a torque tube going to the rear end. It's a direct drive car. There's no first, second, or third gear. It's You're either in gear or you're out of gear. Yep. But Dennis Guile had his U-joint break and either the hoop, because there, there's a safety hoop that keeps the drive shaft and the uh, torque tube in place mm-hmm. so it don't beat around on the driver's leg. So I guess it broke the hoop. Oh, it, really? It ended up breaking Dennis Giles' foot. Oh, but whoa. When I it, did not it, know that. Yeah. When it broke, it broke in front of Brady Bacon. He had nowhere to go. The unfortunate part, the way Brady Bacon finished the season at the Chili Bowl, he finished the first night at Volusia upside down. Oh, and man. That man cannot catch a break <laughs> when it comes to tearing stuff up and getting getting some big air. But unfortunate, Dennis Guile had to go to the hospital. I don't know if they ended up doing surgery on his foot, but I seen a picture and it didn't look good. There was blood all over his foot. So well, I bet. I mean, definitely... those, those drive shafts, I mean, when you think about how fast they're spinning inside that inside that torque tube there and you know although those although those tubes are made of you know they're 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 strong they're not big it's not like the you know in the world of racing everything is about saving weight and it's not like those things are two inches thick you know of like cast iron steel right (laughs) you're talking it is lightweight metal yes it's strong but it's they're they're very lightweight and when you've got that thing spinning you know 9,000 RPMs, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's spinning at just an insane amount. Cause like you talked about, those are a direct drive. You know what I mean? So if your motor is spinning, if you're, if it, if it's turning 9,000 RPMs, that drive shaft is turning 9,000 RPMs, right? Now, when it gets to the rear end and hits the gear, like then, then you can start talking about what the wheels are turning at, but that drive shaft is spinning with that motor spinning. And to have that thing break through like that, man, that I, Yes, like, that sucks that he broke his foot, but he's lucky he's got a leg. Because I mean, there's absolutely. been horror stories with those things. Absolutely, and and like when we were racing, that was my biggest fear: is having the drive shaft fail and breaking the safety hoop and coming mm-hmm. up into the cockpit. Because I, when I flipped big at Lawrenceburg, mine actually broke and it bent the it bent the hoop, it bent it to the right, and not only did it do that, but it it beat my seat up so bad to where. So in the in my seat that I had where my middle belt came up between my legs, it buckled the bottom of that seat. It pushed it up two and a half inches. Oh my god. And and you wouldn't think that it could happen. I mean, anything could happen. Yes. Let's, let's get that out of the way. But when you're racing, that's not your first thought. No, you don't think about that at all. No. And, until it happens and it and it's so unfortunate that it happened to Dennis. It's his first time with with that group of people racing. He came from Phoenix, Arizona. And the second night of 
the action. Dennis Guile, of course, had to step out of his car because he had a broken foot. Brady Bacon, they actually parked the 98, I think he was in, the 99, the Wedgwood car. Yeah, the yeah. 98. And Brady Bacon actually hopped in Dennis Guile's car. I guess they had a long conversation. He apologized to Brady. Hey, didn't mean for it to happen. I want you to drive my car. So Brady agreed to it. And he drove it to a second place. Yeah, and he, so, was, I mean, uh, he, he finished checked, behind your man. Yeah, yeah. Old Timez, he finally Timez got the win. He put a, he put a whipping on him. Yeah, he's he fine. Did. And I was just just a small takeaway from it. I was surprised by the car count. Like I told a buddy of ours or mine, that the the car count's going to be kind of flawed because USAC's already down in Florida getting yes. ready for Buffalo Raceway Park. Yes. So you can't really base the numbers off of the first race. Let, let's let, let's base the numbers when they go to the second race when they're in, I think, Missouri. Yeah, they're going to the, be uh, at uh, US 36 Raceway, Osborne, Missouri, but that's not until April. Yeah. So they got a long break in between. Absolutely. Yeah, and I kind of like that, though, after looking at it. You're, you're not stuck racing the same series every weekend and getting – I wouldn't say burnout. I mean, I would say burnout because it's got to. There's a point where it just gets old after a while. Yes. But outside of that, the racing was really good. Um, they gave out Gator trophies for the Gator Nationals, which I thought was cool. CJ Leary ended up winning the actual Gator Nationals, so he got the big Gator. Yep. Um, I'd say the Outlaws is definitely hitting on something definitely hitting on something because when I was watching it and I was very surprised by who I heard in the booth announcing it with uh, Rob Klepper, which he's going to be the full-time PA guy for the Extreme Series. Mm -hmm. What I really enjoyed was, um, now I lost my whole train of thought. Johnny, Johnny Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. Johnny Gibson was in the booth and, and you could just hear the enjoyment and the, the excitement in his voice that non-wings are back with the Outlaws because if you go back in history, the Outlaws started as a non-wing series. Yeah. And then they, they put the wings on. But yep. overall, I think their first night was a success. Their first weekend was a success. So they had 36 cars show up, which is great. Yes. For it being in Florida and you'd get 36 cars for your first weekend is awesome. Yeah, USAC's going to pull a lot more because they're they're established. Yeah. They've been around longer. So, I I think uh, I think it's going to be here it's going to be here to stay, I think. Yeah, I do too, you know. And like you were saying, you USAC is more established um but not only that, you know, there's a lot of people you know, up in your neck of the woods where, you, where you're talking about, you know, Indiana, Ohio, you know, places like that, Pennsylvania, you know, a lot of guys who run non-wing sprint cars, um, and it doesn't matter who's in Florida, they're just not going down there to race. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of guys who they might not be running the Extreme Series or running USAC, you know, full-time. They might, you know, catch, you know, parts of the season when they're coming through their state or something like that. And, you know, going to Florida, that's a that's a big thing. Usually you're only going to get your the guys running for points or the guys that are, you know, the top guys who are, you know, traveling around. So to pull 36 cars, I, I think I'm with you, man. I think that's a pretty good car count. Yeah, and, and I think where they really did good is, so the first night paid five grand to win. 
which is great. Yes. I think a, a normal USAC show pays 2500 to win. Yes. Then the second night was 10000 to win. So, I mean, the, the, the purse money is there. It's yeah. there for the taking. So, I mean, you're going to get the guys to come down. That, and like I was explaining to a buddy of mine, yeah, USAC championship pays more, but not by much, but they pay more. Mm-hmm. But the Outlaws is going to pay the champion of the non-wing sprint car stuff twenty grand to win a championship and to only race 13 races. That, and that's the thing. That? That's the thing. It's 13 races where USAC, what are they running, 80-something 80? races this year? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's just the one series, right? When you look at it, you could essentially run the – the the extreme midgets and extreme sprint car series and if you're a top driver right you're talking a big payout for both those championships the the individual races i mean obviously this was the first one so they you know five grand and then ten grand but the individual races are going to probably have bigger purses and you can make as much potentially more money and you're running a fraction of the races you can run both the midgets and the sprint cars in the extreme series and not even come as much as half as many races as running a full-time just midget series or just the full-time USAC sprint car series you know what i mean so that's i i'm with you man i really like that you know we talked about that when this was formed that you know the money aspect of it We've already seen a lot of the a lot of the guys go in wing racing, um, you know, because of the money, which is I mean, it's when when you're racing, you know, as as Christian Horner said from from the Red Bull F1 team, cash is king, man. you got to have the money to do it. you got to have the money to do it. And like we spoke on it when all this stuff was coming out about these USAC guys leaving. When you're doing it for a living, you you eventually got to sit down and and look at your your checkbook. Yes, you, you you're not gonna. Unfortunately, nowadays you're not gonna be able to make a good living running non-wing cars. It's just it's not gonna happen unless if you start with two million and you end with a million. Yes, but yeah, it just, it's just that, it like like Justin Grant, for instance. I know he's got kids. Kids are expensive. They're very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's not knocking any of the guys, but when you're doing it full time, you got to go where the money's at. Yes, so I, exactly. I feel like the outlaw sprint car non wing series midgets, even you're going to draw them guys because you're going to race a fraction of the of the races, and you're going to win just as much money. Because mm-hmm. if, if say Justin Grant or Timez, they they race both. Uh, the midgets and the non-wings and they one of them wins five or six races in the championship well we're talking about a good chunk of change yes a absolutely good chunk of money. and it, and it's worth it like I, yeah I, I hear a bunch of complaining about the schedule about well there's no races in indiana there's no races here well the indiana schedules for the short tracks or the dirt tracks was already set in stone they've already completed them they had them get them to usac to get everything scheduled but I mean, if you really look at it, a lot of the teams are coming from Indiana. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of the tracks are not too far away from Indiana. They're not too far away from Ohio. Be kind of a stretch. Yeah. But if you if you based out of Indiana, Illinois, portions of Ohio, the the travel ain't that far. That and from what I was reading, they're going to pay tow money, which is great. 
anybody that's been involved in dirt racing that traveled with a series, tow money's great. Yes, it, it, it helps. And, and they're going to pay pit passes for the winners, or I think I've seen, or, or they're going to pay pit passes for certain guys for certain races, which is great, which is awesome. I mm-hmm. love that. Because there's a benefit to showing up to run. There just ain't, oh, hey, you're here to get this, this, and this, and then we're done. Yeah. Yeah, you're and right. Every weekend, every weekend's going to be a two-day show. So, I mean, there, there's that potential of doing what C.J. Leary and Thomas Meserol did. You come in, you win two nights, you win five grand and ten grand. I mean, you can't go anywhere else to do that. No, you can't. You can't. Not run it. Not running those cars, you can't. No. So. Nope. So yeah, it's it's been a um it, it was a good start, you know, hopefully they can hopefully they can continue that. Um cuz yeah, like you said, you know, the the racing was good. Um I I did not catch them. I missed them unfortunately because of it was to go to baseball practice with my son and stuff, but I I I'm definitely going to be watching one, uh, that. One thing, one thing I did notice too. The Outlaw Late Models picked up a sponsor. Yes, they did. That you're right. I forgot. You forgot to cover that. They did. Uh, another construction company type of thing. Um, what is it? Case? Is that who it yep. is? Case? Case yeah. Tractors. Case Construction. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, they joined the. They announced it. Oh, what was it? About a week ago, the tenth or something like tenth or eleventh. I mean, it was it was uh. Put out that yeah, Case Construction. Equipment joins the World of Outlaws Late Models series as the title sponsor. So yeah, that was um that was interesting. Still have not heard what happened with Morton Buildings. I still you know, don't I'm know. I'm still interested to know what happened. Yeah, I would yeah. love to. Know. I mean, they're not going to say what happened. Obviously, no, they're not. But, but it's just, it's just, and it was just incredible the way that that happened. So, um, yeah, I just. Don't know what happened, but good to see that they got another title sponsor and got one so quickly. Um, like we talked about, you know, I'm sure they they had a plan and had you know a backup plan and everything else. So good to see that. Um, because yeah, you know, obviously when you've got your two your two marquee series, you know, with the late models and the sprint cars, you definitely want to have, you definitely want to have a title sponsor for them. Absolutely. Got to have a title sponsor for them. And they, they did pick one up for the non wings that I did see. It's an insulation company. And I don't know if they're going to do the midgets too, just because the midgets ain't started their season with the outlaws yet. Mm -hmm. So time will tell there, but I think it, I, I personally think the world of racing is better now with, with these new series coming up with, with the midgets having another place to go run, the non-wing guys going to have another place to run. Yeah, the competition between the two is going to be there. Yes. I mean, let's face it, it's going to be there. But as a fan watching, you, your options. You can go watch the Power Eyes War Series. You can watch the the new Outlaw World, World mm-hmm. of Outlaw Series, the, the USAC guys. I mean, the options are there. Yeah, you've got Lucas Oil with their oh, with their stuff. You've got Dirt yeah. Car. You've got you know um, the All Stars. I mean, you've got a ton of stuff. Yeah. Speaking of All Stars, your boy Sunshine pulled it off down in East Bay. Yeah, he's a you know he, he's, he's a, a he's a wheel man. <laughs> he's he's awesome, dude. I uh, he he was awesome, man. He didn't um didn't have 
a great running with the outlaws down there. I mean, you know, obviously it's a little Which bit caught me by surprise. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, in, in the all-stars, man, he, he's already off to a phenomenal start, dude. Uh, he's just, he's, man, he's just incredible, dude. He really is. So yeah, he got the, he got the win at, uh, at East Bay on night number one. Corey Lyson actually got the win on night number two. And then they're going to be, they're basically done until, um, what is it? April now, I think. Yeah. yeah so they're, April. They're, yeah. They don't, they, 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 go, they go to Attica. Uh, they got their there's, spring nationals. So their schedule's a lot like USAC. They go to Florida and then they take a little break and then they yep. ramp back up into yep. it. Yeah. And they run like crazy. So one thing I did notice, and a friend of mine actually brought it to my attention, Zeb Wise was supposed to run the full All Star schedule and he wasn't even in East Bay. Really? Yeah. I I didn't even notice it. He was like, Hey, where where was how'd Zeb do? And I was looking, I was like, Well, uh, Zeb wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> And I and I know they put out on Twitter that he's going to run the full season again, and I don't know. There's no news about it, so that's something I'm going to try to keep my eye on this weekend just to see if something's posted. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. I would wonder. I wonder why they would do that. He ran the full season last year, so I assume, uh, reading the Twitter post that they're coming back for 2022, he'd been there, but maybe not. There's some guys that skip them Florida trips too. Yeah, there are. And you know, if you actually look at the, the if you look at last season, the the drivers who actually ran the entire All Star schedule, it's kind of like the Outlaws. You know, you've got a handful of them who are running every race. You know, for the most part, you see a lot of people like, uh, you know, like like Rico, where he's going to run, you know, seventy or eighty percent of the events. You know, not the full one hundred. So, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see maybe something happened or I don't, maybe he just was like, ask her, we're not going to Florida. Who knows? <laughs> I, I tell you what else is kind kind of caught me off guard was Wayne Johnson's not running the outlaw schedule. No, I, I think he's going to run select races and he's going to run the full um, all-star season. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, that is interesting. That's really interesting. So, huh, I wonder what's up with that. I'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, so anyways, definitely a lot of really good racing to kick things off. And um, I am looking forward to the season because it should be, a, should be a lot of fun. So, but. We are going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we are going to do our NASCAR driver draft. So I will explain to you guys what that is when we get back in just a second. All right, so we are going to be doing a NASCAR driver stock game. All right, so here's here's where this basically comes from. If you guys remember last year before the playoff, um, I basically took the drivers and having been in the financial markets for, you know, seven, eight years now, um, I pretty much was just like, Hey, you know, if these, if these guys were stocks, here's the price that I would put on them type of thing. Right. And I would buy, sell or hold type of deal. Well, actually one of my, cause I want to give credit where credit's due. I don't want to be ripping people off. One of my, the podcasts that I listen to personally is by a guy, uh, Ryan Rosillo. He does a sports podcast. Really, really good. Well, they actually do a quarterback stock game. 
And I heard them do this and I was like, oh, wow, that's a really cool idea. I wonder if I can do that with the drivers since I had already kind of done that one before where I just kind of gave them some prices. I was like, I wonder if I can refine that and actually do something with Keith. Well, we did. So here's the way that it works. We're going to take the drivers, the NASCAR drivers. And what I did was because we needed a way to actually um, get it to where we could give them a price, right? I don't want to just arbitrarily being like, okay, Kyle Larson is uh 20 bucks a share, right? Like we, we've got to make it legit. So what I did was, is I went online and I went to the nascar.com and they've got their um, uh, stats that they have. And they have a stat called uh, driver rating. And the driver rating stat, basically what it is, is it, it's, a, it's a formula. So this is what makes it really good. It takes wins, finishes, top 15s, average running position while on the lead lap, average speed under the green flag, their fastest lap, their most laps led, uh, their lead lap finish. You know, it, it takes all of that and it gives them a rating on a per race basis. Okay. And then they get an average of that throughout the season. So what we did was, is this. Me and Keith each get $1,000. We get to do five positions, okay? Um, and we take the average driver rating, the, the, the driver rating number, we divide that by 10, okay? So let's use an example here. Let's take Kyle Larson, right? Kyle Larson's driver rating last season for the year was 112.4. If we divide that by 10, we get $11.24. That was our price. But then there's an extra bonus. For every win that they get, they get 50 cents. So Kyle Larson's cost per share would be $16.24. All right, making sense? Now, tracking with me, guys? I hope so. You got that? You got it, Keith? Nope. Okay. So you just <laughs> tell me you just tell me who you want and I'll tell you their prices. So, so that's basically how we come up with it. So we're using last year's stats for this. Now, here's how we're going to do this. We're going to go through the season and we're going to update this basically kind of like on a quarterly basis, just like you would do in the real world with your, your, you know, your retirement plan or whatever it is, right? We're going to look at it on a quarterly basis. If we look at the NASCAR schedule, because obviously we can't just do, um, time because you know, of, you know, we can't just say, okay, every three months because of when the season starts and ends. So basically we'll look at it in terms of the schedule itself. All right. So since NASCAR's got it kind of broken up there by how many races per month and stuff like that, we're going to do it. We'll have February and March. We'll revisit it. Then we'll do April and May. We'll revisit it, revisit it. And then we'll do, it'll actually be a little bit past May. It'll be like into June. And then we'll do June, July, August. We'll revisit it. And then we've got our, we'll do it one last time before the round of 16. Okay. So that'll be the times that we kind of revisit. Okay. And each time we revisit it, we can sell positions and get new drivers and stuff like that. And at the end of the season, when it's all said and done, whoever makes the most money wins. That's it. And we're going to win basically bragging rights. That's about it. So, <laughs> so that's what we're going to be doing. All right. So this is going to be the uh, three wide in the middle uh, NASCAR driver stock game. And hopefully it works out. <laughs> so, all right. 
uh, Keith, you can go first, my man. So you got a thousand dollars and you can basically, you've got to get, here's the deal though. You've got to get five positions. So you can't just go, Hey, I want to buy a thousand dollars worth of so-and-so you've got to, you've got to have at least five positions. And it, and it's based on who I think is going to rise, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing you guys. And that's really the important thing. It's just like, it's just like you would in a stock market. You don't want to buy high and sell low. You want to try to, right? Like we just talked about Kyle Larson. His cost per share right now is $16.24. The next closest driver to him is $11.94, right? He's got almost, he's got a, a $4 gap above anybody else. So if you were to buy Kyle Larson right now, the chances of him improving on last season are almost none right like he would have to almost win every race of the first quarter basically so you want to find drivers who are yes good but have value so that's really the key okay well i'm gonna kick it off by taking kevin harvick kevin harvick all right so kevin harvick right now and let me sort this alphabetically so i can find these guys easier um kevin harvick right now is nine dollars and 25 cents a share all right so and keep in mind we can both have the same drivers so we don't have to it's not like you pick them i can't we can both have the same drivers too okay it's right just like we're buying a stock all right so how many shares of kevin harvick do you want i think i'm gonna buy three shares of kevin harvick three shares of kevin harvick okay so he is nine twenty-five. You got three shares. So that's twenty-seven dollars and seventy-five cents. So you still have nine hundred and seventy-two dollars left. <laughs> can we can we buy it on different guys? What do you mean? So like, can I buy shares? Say, say I feel like. Tyler so here's Rett. so here's the deal. You have to you have to have five positions, which means you have to have five drivers. But you have okay. to spend. Okay up to it you can spend up to a thousand dollars so that means so, that if you want to get a hundred shares of kevin harvick yeah let me backpedal on that let me buy 150 can. shares of kevin harvick okay well uh, you, okay so here's the deal that would be 925 dollars. that'd be almost all your money oh well damn so all if right. you did I'll like do, so, 80 so, shares 80 shares 80 shares would be 740 dollars. so that leaves you at 260 okay Okay, so now you have $260 left, and you've got four more drivers to get. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Well, you think I'm going to, I'll, 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 I'll do my first one. I'll do my first one. And look, we, we can we can tweak the shares when the pod's over to get the cost more correct. Um, all right, so my first one that I'm going to go with here is I'm going to actually take uh, where's he at? I want. Okay, so I'm going to take. Where the hell did he go? Uh, Christopher Bell. So Christopher Bell is nine dollars and five cents. And I'm going to take. Uh. 40 shares of Christopher Bell, which is $362. Okay. Who do you want next? I'm going to go with Chase Briscoe. All right, Chase Briscoe. I'm going to buy 20 shares of Chase Briscoe. 
So Chase is six forty. Should be six dollars and forty one cents or forty yep. cents. Yep, piece six forty one. And so that comes out to $128 for him. So that leaves you $131 left. All right. So my next guy that I'm going to go with is, and I'm going to, I'm going to take a, where did he go? Uh, why can't I find it? Oh, there he is. So I'm going to actually take a, a, a long shot here on uh, Anthony Alfredo because he is only $4.43 a share. And I'm going to get... I don't think he's in cup this year. 50 shares of him. He's not? Why do they have him on the list? I, he, I think he's running Xfinity next year. Is he? Yeah. I got him on the list for. Ah, damn it. Okay, so I'm not taking him. <laughs> uh, let me get um Corey LaJoy. I'll go with Corey LaJoy because I want to have somebody who's a little bit lower in price. So I'm gonna go Corey LaJoy, fifty shares. So that it's two hundred sixty total. So that leaves me three hundred seventy-seven dollars. And I'm gonna go with Daniel Suarez. All right. I think I got like what a hundred left, hundred and something left. Six thirty-two. Yeah, you've got a hundred and thirty-one dollars left. I'm gonna do four shares. Okay, so that leaves you a hundred and six bucks left. Okay. All right. Uh, my next one is I'm gonna take Austin Dillon. And he is seven ninety-eight. I'm gonna go twenty-five shares of him. So that leaves me with a hundred and seventy-eight dollars. Next time we do this, we'll do it before the show and we'll just update it on here. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go way out into left field, I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy Buy some of Justin Haley. Justin Haley. So he is $4.17 a share. I'll buy five of that. All right. So that leaves you $85 for your fifth guy. I feel like I set myself up for failure. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're good. Uh, All right, I'm gonna go with Kurt Busch. He he's eight he's eight dollars and seventy seven cents right now a share, but I do think he has the potential to have a decent start to the season. Um, I'm only gonna go with ten shares of him, which is eighty seven dollars. But yeah, that's what I've got so far. All right, so you got one left. You got eighty five bucks left. So I'm going to take that rest of that money and I'm going to buy some shares into Eric Jones. Eric Jones. So he is 628 a share. 
and that'll be 13 shares of Eric Jones. So you've got, you've used $995. You can have a little bit left over. That's fine. Okay. And my last one, I'm going with. Give me, where did he go? Uh, I'm going with Justin Algeyer. Who is $4.42 a share. And I'm going to go 20 shares on him, which leaves me a $1.09 left, $1.90 left. So that's who we've got. So to recap, you've got Kevin Hart, you've got 80 shares of Kevin Harvick at $740 total. Then you've got 20 of Chase Briscoe at $128. You've got four of Daniel Suarez at $25.28, five of Justin Haley for $20.85. And then your last one is Eric Jones, 13 shares, $81.64. I've got Christopher Bell for $362, Corey LaJoy for $260, Austin Dillon for $199, Kurt Busch for $87, and Justin Allgaier for $88. So those are our, our stock picks in the drivers. Now, when we come back and do it again, we will use this season's current stats for the numbers. So that's where we're going to see the biggest ups and downs in terms of our uh, our money. So those are our guys. I've got the spreadsheet saved on here, and we'll come back and revisit it here um, in a couple of months after we get the uh, after we get if we get some racing in. So yeah, that'll be a different way to uh, <laughs> to track the the NASCAR season, but hopefully hopefully it'll make it a little more a little more interesting. So, but. That's going to pretty much do it all for today. Now, really quick, you guys, um, a couple things, some house cleaning stuff. We will be going to every week um, on the pod now. Now that racing is picking back up, we'll be doing this weekly. Um, there will be some weeks where we might not do it or where... For example, if my man Keith here, if he's got work or something like that, it might just be me flying solo. But overall, Keith, you should be here, be able to do every week, right? Yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, I'll so, just wake up a little earlier for work on Thursday. So yeah, so we'll be uh we'll be going to every week, so that way we can uh, stay on top of everything. Because like like I said, we've got we've got some uh we've got a. a I shouldn't say some. We got a lot of racing coming as everything is now kicking kicking off. So it'll be uh be interesting. But before we go, um the social media, three wide social media stuff is coming. I wanted to have it done already, but unfortunately, um we had some we had COVID basically go through the household. Um everybody's fine, but it was just I mean, for those of you guys who've had to deal with it, it just makes everything a headache. And so a lot of stuff just being shuffled around. It's just, it was just a pain dealing with that. And, uh, um, I just, I just didn't get it done. So it is coming. Um, I've, I've got the, the stuff, you know, already kind of worked out. I just got to get everything up. And then our new email for our ask section, um, that is up now. Um, and it's, it's called ask three wide at Gmail and that's ask the number three, then wide. And it's all one word 
ASK3WIDE at gmail.com. So shoot us in a question. If you got any questions, we'll uh, gladly answer them here. Um, the Ask Tommy account, not even looking at it anymore. Um, the, 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 we have a question in there for this week, which, um, you know, thank you. Thank you, Jimmy, for, for sending in the question. Um, we're going to be covering it here in just a second anyways, but thank you for the question. Um, because we've got the Daytona 500 coming up. So Keith, Jimmy wanted to know, but I was going to ask you anyways, what is, who's your pick for the Daytona 500? Who, who's going to win the Daytona 500? Who? After watching qualifying, it's going to be hard to bet against a Hendrick Motorsport car. I'm just it going to throw that is. out now. It is. They, they are. They're fast. fast. Yeah, they are. They're really fast, but, man. You know, if I had to pick pick one guy, it's it's going to have to come from the Ford camp. They looked really fast in the draft when they had practice. Um, I I think Joey Logano gets it done. Joey Logano's really your do. pick, huh? He's really good. At Super Speedways, showed a lot of speed in the draft in practice the other day, and I, I think the winner, if it if it's not Joe Logano, I think the winner comes from the Ford camp. Really, I really do. The, their cars looked really good in practice. Now that uh, they can change from now to then, but yeah, they, the the Ford cars are usually outside of Toyota mm-hmm. are usually really fast. Yeah. Well, and we'll have a good look at it later on today because we've got the duels coming up today and you'll get a, we'll get a a really good chance to see how, how everybody is going to race together. Right. We've seen practices. We've seen them draft and practice and stuff like that. We've seen them qualify by themselves, but now we're going to actually get to see them guys race each other, you know, and you've got, you know, in the, in the first, in the first duel, you've got Kyle Larson, William Byron, and Chase Elliott. Those are the first three cars, right? In duel number one are Hendrick teammates. And then yeah. in duel two, you've got Bowman on the pole on that one. So, you know, Hendrick, the, the top four qualifiers were all Hendrick cars. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they race together. They're they're always fast at Daytona when it comes to full qualifying. They're always yep. fast. Mm-hmm. But they always seem to manage to not be there at the end. I yeah. don't know why, but it just yep. it just ends up that way. Yep. And and you know I wouldn't be surprised if say Kyle Larson and Alex Bowman say, hey, let's run the first ten laps and then then park it. Yeah, I, that wouldn't with, shock with, me neither. With the whole not having a backup car, it just it it make it makes me nervous because. Could you imagine being the pole sitter for the Daytona 500 and getting wrecked in the duel? Get wrecked in the duel. Oh, well, our weekend's over. Yeah, you know that that would definitely suck. So yeah. All right. So that who who was your pick again? I can't. Who? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Joey Logano. Joey Logano. That's right. And if if it's not Joey Logano, I really think the winner comes from a Ford. All right. There's something about the way them cars look. They were fast. They're fast out of the box, which is what I like. Because if you can unload fast, you're going to be fast all weekend. Yes. Yeah, especially with these cars NASCAR, the way they are. But NASCAR did change the rules a little bit while they were down there for the next practice. They're not allowed to skew in the cars as much as they were. So maybe that'll change it. I don't yeah. know. We'll have to see what happens. Like I said, today will be a good a good indication because we've got the duels coming up. They're going to be... At the time of recording this, they're in like three and a half hours, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I'm going to actually go with Chase Elliott. I think Chase Elliott's going to win it. That's my pick. I'd like to I go like- with Kyle Larson. 
I mean, he's he's just done so good. It I I just it's not that I don't think he's gonna win. I just don't want to have to. I don't want to pick him for every race. I could legitimately just sit back and pick Kyle Larson every single week. I, right? I mean, I could too. Yeah, so. you know what I mean. So in anything that he races, it's like, oh, Larson's running a midget this week. You it's know, so at, at Ocala, and it's like, okay, I'll pick him to win. Like it's just. It's just too it's, easy. So it's so flawed. Damn it, Kyle. Yeah. Why do you gotta be so good? Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Chase Elliott. That's my pick. I think he's gonna think he's gonna get it done. I was um, I was if I didn't pick Logano, I was actually gonna go with Kevin Harvick. I think I, I firmly think that Stuart Haas is gonna have a breakout year this year. That that wouldn't surprise me. I thought they did, you know, obviously because, Harvick made the, the playoffs last year and, and he had a good year, so that wouldn't surprise me at all. Because, I mean, Chase Elliott, not Chase Elliott, there's too many chases now. Chase yeah. Briscoe was really fast at the LA Coliseum. Um, Harvick had really fa- a really fast car on the long run when it would single file out. Um, and when you go and put a goose egg in the wing column that really sits heavy with drivers, mm-hmm. and the last time he did it, he came out and he ripped off four to five wins. And I, I think he does it again this year. But that that's besides the point. I'm still going with Joey Logano. All right. It's, so you got Joey Logano and I've got Chase Elliott. So we'll it's have hard to, to bet to against a multiple time Daytona five hundred winner. It it is. It is. So so we'll see what happens. But that's gonna do it all for this week, you guys. Like I said, we will be back next Thursday. I'm going to every week now. So we will be back next Thursday for the pod. Um, as always, you guys, thank you very much for joining us. Remember to please like and share all that other good stuff. We're on all the podcast networks. If you want to, which would be awesome, leave us a rating and review because that would definitely help grow the podcast. Um, you know, it, the numbers are getting bigger every every podcast episode, which is cool, but we still got a long ways to go with what we want to do with this. So there's not a lot of racing stuff out there. Um, so please help help spread the good world, good world, good word and get this thing growing for us. But that's going to do it, you guys. Thank you very much as always. Keith, get some sleep, my man. And we'll I, will, uh, I will talk yeah. to you next week. Sounds good. You guys out there, stay safe. Yep, have a good one. Enjoy the racing this weekend.